0: nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two,
1: one. Live from Spain, this is The Drive Home with Harry Waters.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome. We are absolutely 100% live, coming at you here on Podbean, we're coming at you over there on LinkedIn. We're also on YouTube. So thank you everybody for joining us. I hope you're well. I hope your week is going well. Um, my week has been an interesting one, uh, so far, uh, I've been up to a fair bit, uh, and there's a bit to come actually. Tomorrow is a nice calm day. Um, tranquilo is what we say here in, uh, here in Spain. Um, I, I have a day with nothing on my calendar. Which is going to give me plenty of time to finish writing the activity book that i'm working on at the moment uh which is all good fun but yeah i've got a a nice relaxed day but then friday everything goes a bit mad again um i'm, I'm speaking in kuwait for the first time ever um and i've i've got a, a climate change class debate class in italy and i've also got an interview with a ooh, a sustainable businessman his name's uh maxim and he works for strudels uh and yeah so i'm talking to him so it's all very very exciting um what's coming up um and, and what's what's going down as well um what has happened since last week Oof, lots lots of writing actually i've done lots of writing and a fair few classes as well you know being a teacher uh that happens <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've as I mentioned, I've been working on this activity book and uh preparing some training sessions as well. The new the new training course is coming up very shortly. Um and of course, listening to the wonderful Teachers Talk radio shows. Um, I don't know if anybody tuned in earlier today to Jane Ritter's show with Peter fuller It was it was brilliant. Um yeah, I was I, I was on the edge of my seat. What? I was. What do you say if you're, you're listening intently on something? I wasn't on the edge of my seat because I wasn't like, "Oh no, what's going to happen?" It wasn't one of those crazy cliffhanger moments, but it was just a, a really, really top-level show. I really enjoyed it. Um, what else has happened since last week? Well, I've obviously I've binge watched the entire second series of Bridgerton because you know why not um i absolutely love the soundtrack i love what they do with the music in that show it's um absolutely fantastic the 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 way they play modern songs with uh old style music I, I really enjoy listening to the um yeah it's just different i sit there and i kind of try and guess which types of songs that they're gonna play and what's coming up um and that's a good question what is coming up today's uh It's an episode I've been very excited about for quite a while. Now I'm sure um, most of you know, I am interested, nay, obsessed in uh, the climate crisis in education. So when um, uh, a a great friend and colleague of mine, um, Nita, said she'd be willing to come on uh, and talk to me today, um, I absolutely jumped at the chance because Nita is, well, She's brilliant, and you'll meet her soon. Um, but she's the, the Chief Content Officer for Subject to Climate. Now, she's going to tell you more about Subject to Climate, of course. Um, but they are a non profit that I am hugely, I hugely admire these guys. They're absolutely wonderful with they provide free materials for all subjects, all levels um, from k through to 12 i believe is how they say it in the the states um but obviously it can all be used um, in the uk it can be used in international schools as well and it is absolutely fantastic it's all um teacher checked It's checked by scientists and best of all it looks really good too um it's that's obviously not best of all um but it does look absolutely fantastic um so i'm lucky enough that the need to to come in and talk to us and we can we can talk about that but also the the role of education and what it had the role it has um with the climate crisis now i, I was recently giving a, a talk and and somebody said to me the sdgs are absolutely vital in education uh, i stopped and now don't get me wrong i think the sdgs are a wonderful tool for education i think they're brilliant Um, and i in fact i use them in renewable english every every other week we have a different sdg but i said i don't think the sdgs are key to education what i think is education is the key to the sdgs so that's what we're going to talk about today obviously not just the sustainable development goals but the climate crisis education and how we can how the two are important to each other, and the difference we can make. So we're going to shoot off now for the news and a particularly good uh, two-minute tech review. We'll be back very shortly. Stick around, um, and we'll see you very soon.
2: Follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk.
1: Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure the Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com.
2: Introducing Autism Aspirational Futures, a virtual SEN conference for parents and carers. Do you work with parents or carers of students with autism? If so, this free virtual conference from Witherslack Group can support them and you, providing inspiring talks from leading experts, offering practical advice on supporting children and young people with autism and associated needs. This very special event will take place during Autism Acceptance Week and is sure to be an enjoyable occasion for everyone wanting to develop their knowledge, understanding and celebrate their children's amazing superpowers. Don't miss out. Register for free at witherslackgroup.co.uk today. Witherslack Group, the leading provider of schools and children's homes for children with special educational needs.
1: This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio news with Gail Glenn.
3: schools will have to open for no less than 32.5 hours per week from September. At the moment, the head teacher with the governing body decides the length of the school day in England and 14% of schools will be affected. Nadim Zahawi, the Education Secretary, also wants to encourage multi-academy trusts. He said, The evidence is clear that a family of schools that is really tightly managed, really well supported, especially through COVID, has delivered better educational outcomes for children. So strong, and I underline strong, multi-academy trusts is the infrastructure we need to complete and deliver. According to The Sun, figures show that 75% of schools had days that met the average length of between 6 hours 15 minutes and 6 hours 35 minutes. Kevin Courtney of the National Education Union said schools and pupils had been left battered and bruised by the pandemic and a more sophisticated approach was needed. Paul Whiteman of the Head Teachers Union, the NAHT, said Simply adding 5 or 10 minutes to a day is unlikely to bring much, if any, benefit. Gillian Mackay, a Lanarkshire MSP, is calling on North Lanarkshire Council to write off the remaining £28,011 that remains outstanding for school dinners. Most of that money is an outstanding debt owed for children at primary school, despite all P1 to P5 across Scotland now being entitled to free school meals. Ms Mackay said, children can't get a good education if they are hungry at school. I believe that North Lanarkshire Council rightly ensures every pupil has a meal at lunchtime even if they don't have the money to cover it. But these figures make it clear that debts are being chased from families who simply can't pay. With the cost of living crisis putting huge pressure on family finances, this is the right time to write off all outstanding school meal debt. Pursuing the debt is causing stress and embarrassment for pupils and their families. But I know that staff are deeply uncomfortable asking pupils for money they know the family does not have. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio news with Gail Glenn.
1: This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
4: Hello, this week I'm going to talk V. For those of you thinking, why is Steve talking about underwear fashion faux pas, a VPN is a virtual private network, and knowing a little bit about them might make you realise you actually need one. What is it? Well, in a nutshell, a VPN changes how internet data is transmitted from a device, it allows the user to be more hidden. I know what you're thinking, I'm no cyber criminal, why do I want to conceal my data? Well, let's look at three things a VPN can do. For you. I'm going to use a phone as an example, but all of these can be applied to any device you can put on the internet. Do you use public networks? A public network may be the Wi-Fi on the bus or train, a local coffee shop or fast food restaurant, any connection that isn't your home. Transmitting data on these networks can potentially allow your data to be intercepted by third parties. Having a VPN allows you to encrypt your data from your device rather than depending on the network you're connecting to. So when surfing the web while enjoying a burger and fries, you can be confident if you're being intercepted, the data will be useless to the interceptor. The next is shopping online. When connecting to an online shop, some stores use your location and unique device ID to target you. If you're returning to look at a product, the likelihood is you're going to buy it. Knowing this, some stores use clever algorithms to increase the price to maximise their profit. With a VPN, you can mask this data so the price you see is the initial price. The third is some streaming services are blocked by internet providers or unavailable from outside of certain countries. If you're using a VPN, you can choose where to set your location to allow you to see the content you wish to stream. I've not looked at individual providers, some are free, some are paid for. If you're unsure, find a friend who's using one, ask them about it and use the same one as them to begin with then you get free tech support. Make sure you know the terms of service. You don't want the VPN you're using keeping your data as that would defeat the object in the first place. As always, don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech.
1: Two Minute
0: Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. So I am uh, going to going to welcome into the studio uh, Nita Singh. Uh, she's going to join us here. Uh, Nita um, works for uh, Subject to Climate. She's the, the chief learning designer. I got her title wrong earlier, um, which was terrible of me. So um, my apologies for that, Nita. Um, I double checked and I was like, what am I doing? I just mentioned Dan by mistake. That was, a, that was bad. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here.
5: Thank you so much for having me, Harry. Can you hear me okay?
0: Loud and clear. Clear Perfect. as a bell, wonderfully. Um, and thank you for getting up nice and early as well. Um, <laughs> I know it's the drive home for us here over in Europe, but I imagine for you it would be the drive to work. Um, where are you exactly? I'm,
5: I'm in my room. I work, from, I work from home, so no driving for me.
0: That's good. I mean, you know, <laughs> saving on the commute. My drive to work, well, I commute to work by walking my daughter to school and then walking home again Aww. that's my that's my uh, that's, that's my that's my drive i guess um <laughs> so thank you again for for joining us um before we continue and get into the nitty gritty of uh of the climate crisis in education um I, I would like to know a little bit about you um mm-hmm. i know a tiny bit about you um but our, our listeners and our viewers obviously they don't so could you tell us a little bit about you and a bit about your, your story in education?
5: Okay, I, I would like to start really, really early on, um, even before I became a teacher um, mm-hmm. and, and to get into why I became a teacher in the first place. Um, so I came to the US, I'm living in Southern California right now. Um, I came to the US as a, as a little girl from Cambodia. And um, growing up, my my parents always had us working a lot. We sell donuts and fried chicken, so I was always working every day. Um, and up until high school, I was working, you know, at a tea house and at an electronics store. And when it was my senior year, and I was, you know, supposed to go to college, I really questioned the value of education because I had worked so hard and I saw my managers, they were doing really well with life. And why not become a manager of of this electronics store? And so I ended up getting a, a full ride to, to college and, and that's what like really pushed me to move towards education. Um, and we had grown up really poor, so when I got to college, I was shocked by how wealthy <laughs> higher education is. And um, there was there were two experiences in college that really pushed me into the direction that I'm in now. And the first one was my was this opportunity I had to go to Russia. I signed up for this course called Soul of Siberia. And so mm-hmm. uh, we got to, and, and you know, we got to really study Lake Baikal. And Harry, I don't know if you, you know, know a lot about Lake Baikal, but it's the oldest, largest, deepest lake in the world. And back when I was studying it in like 2008, 2009, it was providing one fifth of our um, fresh water. Oh, wow. And so um what is wild to me is that I got to study it on campus and then I got to actually go to Lake Baikal. And it was majestic. You know, it 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 touched me in a, in in a way that I, I I I couldn't really just study. I I had you know you had to be there and and I remember seeing that there was this um factory and I don't remember if it was tire or paper um but it it was it was tragic you know and and for the you know American listeners out there it's as if like someone built a smokestack factory on on the Grand Canyon it was it was really impactful for me mm-hmm. um and 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 I think in that moment, when when I saw that and in my experiences at Lake Baikal, I started to question, you know, like, what's the limit? What's the limit that we have in in our interactions with the environment? Like, where do we draw a line?
0: Yeah.
5: Um, and that was really my first experience. And then my, you know, the following summer, I went to... Um, Cambodia for the first time. And I think growing up in the US, but then seeing how climate and climate changes impacted my home country really was powerful for me, you know, because it was just so much more, like it was so vivid when I, when I visited how dependent, like life is on the environment, where like my life in the U.S. it just seems so distant. Yeah, and so those two experiences really pushed me to become become a teacher and 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 use education as a as a leverage for for social change.
0: And and for me, like our position as teachers, um, it is one of you know it, it's one of the best places to. to to help with social change you know we are amplifiers you know our message goes out to who knows how many students in in a lifetime i know when when i was teaching in china i i had you know 60 students in a class and and i was teaching 15 20 classes you know so wow yeah
5: (laughs) 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 that's crazy
0: it's absolutely insane you know so in a week I would see you know 600 800 different students um and you know you think about that if if you only impact on on 10 percent of those people that's 80 people you've had an impact on and if those people then go home and speak to their parents like and and it doesn't have to start with huge things and you know these ideas but These are people, you know, that was 12 years ago now. So these are people who are now, you know, they're in their mid-20s. So if I had some kind of impact on them, maybe that's had an impact later on in society. You know, that that idea that we amplify this message to them and, you know, it's, you know, it, it makes such a huge difference. I had a very similar moment to you, the one you had at Lake Baikal when I was in, I went to a place called Black Sands Bay in In China and Mm -hmm. I was like oh that sounds interesting you know I went to a luxury spa it's when my my parents had come over to visit and and we went on this wonderful trip to Black Sands Bay and we went down to the beach um and next to the beach was an enormous like power station Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just like
5: yeah
0: and it was one of those moments where you kind of look across like how how can how can you do that like Mm -hmm. and and obviously, you know, power stations are things we need. We need power. Okay, we don't necessarily need fossil fuel power, you know. But in in those moments, you know, that we do need power. But it's like, why put it where it's going directly out into the ocean from that? And I, but it, it, the fact that it's at a beauty spot really brings it to your attention, doesn't it? You know, and you can see the damage it can cause immediately. But it, it makes you think about all of the other power stations there are out there and all the other damage that, that that is happening and and it's almost like those those big things are are the things we need to change. So the way to change them, in my opinion, the best way to start is through education.
5: Yeah Harry and, and you know while while you were talking I, I was really thinking about just how there are so many climate problems and there's so many climate solutions, right? And Mm
0: -hmm.
5: individually, we can't embody every single one of them and we can't focus on every single one of them. But your idea of how as educators, we can amplify it to reach out to as many students as we can so that they tackle some you know, aspect of it and, and, you know, really, really um, not, not encouraging those like siloed um, applications, but like collaboratively working together. Um, And, and I think that's why climate, you know, change education is so intimidating. Because there's, it's just so complex and, and and so overwhelming. And then you you think about the emotions involved, right? So like, yeah. even when I was retelling that story to you about seeing that, like my heart was like, oh man, like it brought up emotions for me. And so one thing that we try to do as we design lesson plans that Subject to Climate, we, we, we think really critically about how to process and manage and model those emotions, that anxiety, because some of the topics that we, that we teach about, that we design about, is just, it's just terrifying. Like, I, like, I really have to sometimes stop and breathe, even though I know I'm just writing a lesson. I'm just, I'm safe in my room writing a lesson. I, I you know, the, the, the emotions can be so, so overwhelming and so one thing that I really have our, you know, content creators do is, um, you know, I challenge them, like, how do we write lessons so that students feel empowered and not overpowered and like, and, and really that has to do with climate action, right?
0: Absolutely. Um,
5: and, and, and that's been, you know, our focus with these lesson plans.
0: That's a, it's something that um you know i've seen a lot of with particularly with youth activists you know um, i work a lot with youth activists obviously um and there there are quite a few that, that just massively impress me you know you see 16 17 18 year olds you know making these huge um changes but it is usually they they find i don't want to say a niche because it's not a niche but it is that that one part of climate action because you can't tackle everything it's too overpowering to say i'm gonna fix everything you know i'm gonna go vegan i'm gonna stop using plastic i'm not gonna ever use uh energy that isn't renewable you know it's too much so you can look at kids against plastic and and you know amy and ella meek obviously that they focus on on plastic Mm -hmm. you know and they focus on empowering young people people like my daughter to to learn about making that change, you know, and, and you look at Clover Hogan, um, who is absolutely incredible, part of um, Force of Nature, and and her idea is that changing eco anxiety um, into agency, because I think it, too often we we get afraid of eco anxiety. Um, it's a real thing, but I think not (laughs) with like, not with young, young, young kids, but I think when it comes to like older teens, for example, it's not a terrible thing to have a bit of eco-anxiety because it kind of, you know, it raises that awareness, but rather than, you know, turning it into fear, it is that changing it into action. So there's those two paths. You can have your eco-anxiety and you can run home and you can, you know, you can cry into your vegetable soup that everything's terrible. Or you can get out there and you can make vegetable soup for other people and say, look, it's just as good as meat soup. So, you know, why not try and make a change? Yeah,
5: And and I really I really love that you you brought up youth leadership because, um, you know, sometimes we think that we're educating students for the future, the next generation. But really, youth leaders are leading now they are, they are taking climate action now. And like the examples that you presented, you know, they're sometimes better than us at yep. managing emotions and taking actions. And, um, what I really appreciate is their, is their fresh eye perspectives on things. And I was recently in, um, in a, an event where this youth leader from, um, Ecuador, she was speaking about, um, the climate spark mining and you know the new the new mineral demand and you know the question that she asked and and the idea that she was presenting was like does um does the environment does nature have rights right and so when i look at infographics by these international organizations the question is how do we meet the demand of this um of you know climate smart mining like how do we how do we mine sustainably you know mm-hmm. and 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 what this youth highlighted for me was this might not be the only question to ask uh you know not not like how do we sustainably mine but it's like let's backtrack a little and think about all the other questions mm-hmm. like what evidence shows we need this much mineral and like are are there you know are there limits to our demands from from the environment are there limits to our demands from nature and so um, a lot to learn from from the youth
0: we we, that's that that is the thing as well because a lot of where the the youth activists are coming from and the ideas that they're, they're coming the angles they're coming from it is in the interest of the future uh, for them and for other people. It's not with this interest of uh, they want a better earth. They want a better planet. It's, it's not like a lot of, you know, where, the way we see things now with do people want a better earth and a better planet or are they just using it as an angle? Um, mm-hmm. Whereas what, when you see these youth activists that, you know, they're coming up, they've started when they're eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, they're, their ideals, they're pure ideals, you know, what they want is for a better planet. And and I'm constantly blown away when when I go to these meetings on Saturday and and I see these, you know, ten, fifteen kids aged three to fourteen talking about what they're doing. You know, they're giving talks at their schools. They're they're going out and they're doing litter picks and they're doing all these different things. And it just blows my mind to see how aware these these young these young kids are and and what they get from their you know these, these youth activists you know these people who are 17, 18 and they're, they're helping them they really get a lot of kind of respect from that and it isn't now it isn't just okay the teacher is the one who has the knowledge mm. now teachers can look to their students and say, well actually hang on you have that knowledge you know you've, you're empowered you know you know about this you come to my class. And you talk about it. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be me. It doesn't have to always be teacher led. You know, it can be student led. Um, and I guess my my main question out of all the questions ever. Now, I often get people asking me, what has the environment got to do with English teaching? Now, I'm not going to bore you with my answer to that, um, but it, it seems like a silly question, but I'm going to ask it because I know listeners will be thinking it. Why is it important to teach about the climate emergency?
5: Yes, this is a, this is a great question because I think it's not why is it important that we teach it, but that it's important that our students learn it, right? It's it's that they deserve to know what what, what we've been doing to this earth. And 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 how how we're tackling the issue, right? And to or really, not tackling the issue. or not tackling, yeah, or not tackling <laughs> tackling the issue, and and so they deserve, no matter what discipline, you know, no matter what grade they're they're in, to to understand what's been done, and and also to understand like which lessons to take, you know, from what has been happening to Mm -hmm. our earth and to our environment. And, um, and as, as we've said, you know, they, they can learn about the climate science. They can, you know, they can take all this climate knowledge and what, what like we would really love to push here as subject to climate is to see our students not only have this basic understanding of climate science and knowledge, but to, to really inspire them to take, to take that action, um, to take climate action, and and I think they're better than anyone to to tell us how they can close that gap between between knowledge and action.
0: I I absolutely love that. And the next time somebody asks me, I'm going to say, you know, it's not about us teaching it; it's about they deserve to learn it. I I love that. I love it. I'm 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 using that. I'm taking that one. Can you still hear me, there, Anita? It looks like you're.
5: Oh, there there we go. you're back.
0: There you go, you can still hear. There we go. I disappeared for a moment. I apologize. Um, yeah, abs- I love that the the students deserve to learn it. It's not you know about us teaching it. it's about them learning it it's it's such a a great point now we've we've mentioned very briefly subject to climate a few times um it's It's something I often talk about um whenever I'm giving talks or you know people. People always say, oh, you know, I'm not an expert. So, you know, how can I teach this, that or the other? And oh, I don't have time to make my lessons because I have to do all the research and I have to do this and I have to do that. And I have a few answers for that. One of them, obviously, is go to Renewable English because they're, they're all things there. <laughs> um, um, uh, another one is, you know, you don't have to be an expert to teach it because I know as an English teacher, I, I was not an expert in grammar and I was teaching it. Um, and another one is there there are plenty of materials out there that have been made and checked by experts um at which point I always guide teachers be it be it English teachers you know be it science teachers um geography teachers I always guide them to subject to climate now can you tell us what no who are subject to climate not what is because it's a who it's it's definitely a it's a family I guess it's, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful group of people um who are subject to climate and and what are the, the core values
5: yeah thank you thank you for that Harry and and really who who are subject to climate we're you know we we're really just a group of teachers a group of educators who saw the problems that you just mentioned like I don't have time um these you know climate change is not what i'm supposed to be teaching i'm supposed to be teaching math or history um i don't have time to create these resources i don't know if these resources are credible that science looks real but is it real um so we're just teachers who had these had this exact same conversation had this exact same problem and we decided that there's a great need for a online connector resource database where teachers can go find comfort find trust that our materials are credible unbiased engaging and free above all else we we really care that teachers you know um they spend so much I you know I've been a teacher for 11 years I taught middle school math for you know a a long time and always I was asked to do so much and spend so much of my own resources to teach. And so that was a big, big aspect for us to make sure that you know teachers could access everything for absolutely free. Um, and, and that's essentially what we are. We really believe that no matter what subject you're teaching, no matter what grade level you're in, like you should have the resources that you need to implement climate change in your classroom. Um, and that's essentially um, our, our who and then to your to your what. So if you go on to um, our website, you'll see that there are a few core values that come through. One is that we love teachers. <laughs> We love, love teachers. And all of our resources are for teachers by teachers. You know, they've been vetted through a group of scientists and then um, vetted through a group of educators. So, you know, when I would look at the resources before, uh, I would see that a lot of them looked scientifically great. But as an educator, I was like, I wouldn't use this, though, you know, so from like a scientist's perspective, some resources might be great, but from an educator perspective is different. And so we have these two layers, where both scientists and educators look at the resources.
0: It so, can just be like, with, with some of them, it can just end up with just numbers, can't it? You yeah. know, you just have a list of facts, basically. And, and as a teacher, I, I don't want Just a list of facts, you know, that's not going to engage my students. They're just going to be like, well, today I learned a whole list of facts. Great. (laughs) You know, that's not engaging. Yeah,
5: exactly. Exactly. So we have those two levels and then um, you'll see clearly how much we love teachers on our platform. And then the other thing is how much we integrate justice. In our resources, and you know, we're we're very aware of inequities related to climate um, climate change and the environment, and so we we try to provide as many diverse perspectives and voices so that um, we're we're aware of these inequities and we can do something moving forward. Um, so you'll see that. Teachers, justice, very, very big core values, um, and then you know above all the science. The science has to be has to be on point.
0: Absolutely. Now, I, I obviously, I, I follow subject to climate on on everything, um, you know, on 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 LinkedIn, TikTok, you know, Twitter, uh, Insta, Facebook, everything, um, <laughs> and and I, I really you know whenever there's a new lesson come out i always i love to go in there and have a look because there's such uh a wonderful like array of of things that are coming up and and things that are being released you know and you know with stuff about green spaces or or air quality and and there are different things that, that come out all the time so so like we mentioned before the the, the subject of climate change um, and the environment is such a, a broad one. You know, it's, hmm. it's it's something that you can, you know, you, you can find almost anything and and turn it into a lesson. You know, that's what I did with the, the first season of Renewable English was I just went through a textbook and picked out every single unit and was like, I'm going to relate that to the environment. I'm going to relate that to the environment. And, and I, I just love how many different things there are in there and like the different ideas you know with discussion with media literacy um it's got literally everything you could want you know and it's all as you say it's all very attractive um and it's you didn't say that I said that it's very attractive (laughs) Um, I
5: agree with you though (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: but yeah it's all it's all been checked you know it's all that the science is there um and I think that's just it's it's really important to to add that there there isn't any fake news in there you know it's Mm -hmm. not just hype because I can get carried away with the hype when I see somebody post something on Instagram and it might even just be a quote or a meme and I'm like that's outrageous and it fits my ideals so I'm going to agree (laughs) with it um and I know that's not the right way to go. And I know what I need to do is stop and look at it. But, you know, that's the way the world is now. You know, it's, it's micro learning and everything in an instant. Mm-hmm. We've got it there. We see a meme. We think, you know, that is terrible. The, the world is awful. And we don't stop to check the science. <laughs> now, what I love about subject to climate is it's, it's been checked. The science is checked. Mm-hmm. It's been done there. And, um, and it's all credible. Absolutely credible.
5: And and Harry, I just want to point out two other um, features on our um, on our platform that might be a little bit new to to you and maybe the the listeners. Um, we partnered with the Juice, right? And what they what they do is they provide um, student friendly news articles, right? And um, If you access the JUICE articles from our platform, you'll see that we've put together climate-related news articles, completely free. And then you can adjust the reading level, so all the way from fifth grade to twelfth grade. And when you adjust those reading levels, you'll see that the vocabulary changes. And then at the end of that news article, there's a question that's aligned to um, the common core English standards here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And the students can click on an answer choice and see if they're correct or not. And and it really develops important skills in in English, in language, and um, differentiates between different reading levels. So that's one feature that I definitely recommend teachers check out. Um, And... And the other when you were talking about lesson plans so we have a resource database and we've partnered with amazing content providers like renewable english um and we have over a thousand resources and like i really want to emphasize that we're adding so many resources all the time so if you go onto our platform and don't find what you're looking for first of all tell us there's a feedback Uh, button, but also like check back in a week or two, it might be there because we're, we're working hard here. And we're trying to get as much quality uh, resources out there as we can. Um, And so, you know, when we talk about climate in all subjects and grade levels, this is not something that people really accept, right, or like, really, really think is possible. And so with our content creators, we write original lesson plans that are meant to take a standard that you would normally be required to teach in in American schools, like say, say, you know, fractions, you know, converting fractions to percentages, something like that. We take something that you must, you must teach is required. And then we contextualize it into a climate change topic. So we put it into, let's say, food justice. Mm-hmm. And so now we're like sneaking in. <laughs> we're sneaking in climate change topics everywhere. Um, because in most states, it's its not yet a requirement to teach it. Um, though... Last June, um, New Jersey, it's a, it's a state in the U.S., north northeast state, um, became the first state to require comprehensive climate education uh, in all grades and all subjects. And um, we're partnering with New Jersey to create exemplar lesson plans so that we can support teachers in transitioning um, in transitioning
0: and, and meeting this mandate requirement, that is that is that's brilliant news. I mean, it's great news, and it's also you know sad news that it takes so long for it to be like for it to happen. It's amazing that it's happening, but you know, I, I look at here in Spain as well. It was only this year that it went into the the law that after so only in primary school, but they had to have a level of eco literacy, you know, and that only came in, in September this year, you know, so, and it, I, I'm not sure how quickly schools are adapting to it um, or if schools are simply, you know, putting up the a poster of the sustainable development goals and they're like, there you go, that's that box ticked. as that one done? So it's good to see that New Jersey have actually gone and they've, they've sought professionals to, to help them with that, that transition because yeah, as I say here, it's, it's a bit of a struggle. And I know that, you know, I know that teachers are overwhelmed. So, you know, as soon as, and especially since the pandemic and they're just more and more piled on top, you know, now there's cost of living and some teachers can't even afford um, on their teacher's wage, you know, to, to make ends meet and they're having to take other jobs. So even this idea of saying, you know, I think you should be teaching climate change, finding a way of getting it into your classes, you know, that suddenly it's just like, ah you know it's too much for me that's why having these these lessons that are there that are about what they're teaching you know you need to teachers have have syllabi that they have to get through you know they have curriculums that they have to get to the end of because there are exams that must be done um and it's just a great way of changing things up i had a a word with my my daughters i've had a few words with my daughter's teacher um (laughs) the teaching here is very very traditional um and you know so whenever we go to the the school allotment you know i do english lessons with them at the school allotment and we have a lot of fun there um but you know i look at her maths homework and my daughter's 8 and she's doing you know long division and and like long multiplication you know yesterday she was like "Ah, oh, hey daddy do you know what uh 4,427 <laughs> times uh 48 is and I was like no I don't know that and I don't need to know that and you certainly don't because you're eight um you know so I had a word with a teacher with that and I was like can you not present it in a way that isn't just numbers on a page no. because that's useless. I mean, mm-hmm. it would be great if he could teach it in a in a climate change aspect, but I was also like you mate, you know that everybody in the class loves Pokemon. Why don't you try and <laughs> change it with Pokemon? This is like how how could I do that? And it's like calm on like teachers are so overwhelmed that it's like their creative juices have just like stopped.
5: Yes. Yes, and uh, I have to I have to say that Teachers get blamed for so much, um, and and whenever there's a problem, we're also told to be the solutions to so much, um, and and it's 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 very tricky because um, you know when I when I was working as a math teacher in in Los Angeles uh, last year during the pandemic, I. Constantly felt like I was failing, you know, I was failing as a math teacher. They just, you know, I I was working so hard, but I was, I felt like I was just constantly failing. And um, when I started contextualizing my math into um, climate change topics, I made it so much more relevant Mm
3: -hmm. to the
5: students and through the pandemic, they saw you know, a reason to learn it. You know, because because it was an interesting teaching year because even though I've taught for you know a decade, it was my first time teaching completely remote. So I'd never met any of my students, and as you know, I really believe that teaching is like ninety nine point nine percent relationship building. And so, how do I build a relationship to humans I have never like I had never even met, and uh, um, and so. Uh, climate change topics is some you know brought an interconnectedness to to all of us through the remote space through you know the the gaps in math knowledge and and really made uh lessons come alive I think for for me and for them
0: yeah I think that the challenge of remote teaching was one that you know we we all experienced um for me it was it was like, it was a light bulb moment for me, like just seeing how amazing and adaptable teachers really are. Mm. They are always, and they are always expected to do this and make a change here and do that there. And, you know, there's always that kind of expectation on teachers and, and seeing how it went from, you know, it face to face to online, like overnight, you know? And and, and it's not even remotely the same. Like you know it, it's so different mm-hmm. um, and then from that it went to kind of hybrid teaching and you know schools and and, and academies and have kind of expected teachers like oh well you know how to teach in a class and you also know how to teach online now so you must be good at hybrid teaching you know it's a bit like it's a bit like you know well you know how to swim and you can catch a ball so you must <laughs> be really good at water polo like come on guys you know so much expectation is placed on the teacher um which is why, you know, they need support for, mm-hmm. for everything. You know, they, they need support with um, you know, absolutely wherever they can get it from, you know, be it for climate change, be it for, you know, switching to remote teaching, um, you know, wherever they can get support, be it for, you know, uh, SEN, be it, you know, for uh, social justice issues, whatever it's for, teachers need that support. Um, it needs to be there and far too often it doesn't come from within the school you know and that's not I'm not pointing fingers at schools and you know admin in schools I'm more pointing fingers at governments. let's be honest Um, for not for not um providing the the proper support but that's exactly where you know subject to climate can can really make a difference to these teachers because you mentioned earlier how much money we spend as teachers, just, you know, on supplies for the classroom and this and that. And, yeah. you know, maybe you get a you get a subscription to a website where you can get lesson plans. And you know, it's those tiny subscriptions that really add up over time. You know, I I'm an idiot. You know, my Netflix subscription comes out at a different time than my Photoshop subscription comes out at, you know, so every now and again, you know, I'll have 12 euros here and you know 13 euros there. And it doesn't seem like a lot, but when you actually look at it, it's loads now if you add on to that stuff for your work like come on it's just crazy so this idea that it's completely free is is something that it it fills my heart with joy to be honest
5: yeah and you know i i just i just want to say that here you know at subject to climate we we understand that we're playing an important role in in getting climate change um, education more accessible to teachers and students um, but we we're very much aware that there are other aspects of teaching of learning of the education system that that needs that needs change and so we we really want to provide what we can to teachers right and we acknowledge that, You know, they've been tasked with so much um, for everything, really. And then, you know, really underappreciated and underpaid. So even if you're not a teacher spending all of your money on your students, which I think most teachers do, um, you're also just like not being paid enough from from the start, you know. Um, And and um, that that's that's really uh, uh, a tough like contradiction as you see like at you know in subject to climate when we were developing we had to rely on teachers right but teachers were already overburdened so even in that cre- even in the creation of subject to climate we witness this tension of mm-hmm. teachers being overburdened and 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 you know wanting to give the the crazy thing about teachers and and maybe because I just love teachers so much but like despite being underpaid and underappreciated they just give and give and give and even the teachers that I meet that were you know overburdened the New Jersey teachers that I'm working with right now creating exemplary lessons they have so much and yet they'll they're willing to you know take on another fellowship to create more lesson plans so that other teachers can feel supported and so it, I think I just want to, you know, send a send a big appreciation and gratitude for all the teachers out there because, like, through my work with with teachers, I just know like we expect so much, and we don't appreciate them enough, and they're just still willing to give.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to ask you something now. I mentioned before that, um, you know, the, the thing about why should why should we have the climate crisis in education? Now, how would you approach somebody who came to you with a very kind of, I'm not going to say a climate denier necessarily, because I think it's difficult. I, I can't speak to people who actually deny climate change. Um, I, I just can't. But if somebody like, did come to you and said, hey, Nita, um, there's just no place for climate change in education. You know, it's a political matter. We shouldn't be teaching it. How would you how would you deal with that?
5: Yeah, I think I would just go directly to their everyday life. And I would I would I wouldn't respond with any answers or opinions or any beliefs. I would just start questioning them about what they do every day, like how they get up, how they get to work, what they eat, and like have a conversation with them about their everyday life because this is not This is not distant, you know, like climate, the climate crisis is not some like distant issue. It's it's very much at the cornerstone of how we breathe, the water that we drink, everything about our existence and about our living is climate, right? And so we don't have to say, you know, okay, if the person says the climate change doesn't exist, all that, okay, let's just forget that word for, for a moment, right? and then i would just talk to them about the 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 environment that's around them like what do you think about the air that we're breathing for example in in california like last year our entire state all the national parks for the first time ever in history shut down because of wildfires like Let's talk about this, right? And and really get into you know what is happening in their daily lives. And I think that's the best way to to approach people who who um, say that climate change should not be taught in education because you know education, the purpose of it, I think some some people. I don't know who, but some people (laughs) still think that it's about preparing students for, you know, these standardized tests. And, and then, but the majority of us think that it's about preparing students to, to interact productively Mm -hmm. with our, with our um, environment, with our lives. And so when you, when you see climate change as, a way to like live harmoniously live better to continue to live um then then i think it makes it more challenging to say you shouldn't teach climate change
0: well exactly i mean there was a study done very recently and you know 80 percent of blood samples were found with microplastics in them now that's something to me that i find like very scary i can Mm -hmm. understand that there are going to be you know microplastics in water i get that you know i Mm -hmm. i I can see how that happens Mm -hmm. okay i'm not okay with it i'm absolutely not okay with it obviously yeah but how does it get into your blood like how is it that entrenched in society that is literally running through our veins um Mm -hmm. and in in 2014 they there was a a new species was discovered in the um in the Mariana Trench, um, a new species of like, it was like a prawn, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And it had microplastics in it. So we didn't even know it existed, but it had (laughs) microplastics in it. And it's like, you know, these are the things that, okay, maybe you don't want to teach about climate change, but there are things that you can teach about that Mm -hmm. aren't necessarily, you know, the planet is heating up, the Mm -hmm. the, the ice caps are melting. These aren't, you know, they're not things that we need to, to focus on but these these, these small things these, these micro things um we could say yeah you know, and, i think and, they're absolutely vital
5: yeah harry when you were when you were speaking you know i i was thinking about some lesson plans that are coming out on subject to climate and um the you know the conversation has been is this climate change enough like are these lesson plans climate change enough and so we have um, a Spanish you know a a foreign language lesson on um, how to live in a community like what is a community versus a group and so we have those lesson plans that you know seem like they're not related to climate change but they very much are Mm -hmm. right so like living in a community the the meaning of responsibility right these are all values that are at the crux of the climate crisis and so you'll see that our lesson plans like go beyond just like the science of it all and whether you believe the science or not or whatever your <laughs> beliefs are i'm sure i'm sure you i'm sure like there's something that you agree on and maybe that is you know other values like living in a community and and living responsibly.
0: Um, now the the next thing, something I think is is becoming, well, it's a bit it's scarier and scarier. But do you think it's time that we maybe stop talking so much about climate change mitigation and start talking more about climate change adaptation? Because it's very obvious we're not going to get anywhere near one point five degrees. You know that's like, you know that is a is a you know, um, even the most optimistic of people, um, even the most optimistic of people won't, you know, will admit that that's not the case. But um, yeah, should we be teaching that now? What I'm going to do, I'm going to give you a moment to think about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to throw you on the spot like that. We're going to shoot off for some adverts very briefly. So we'll be back in about in about two minutes. So please do uh, stick around for for Nita's answer on that one, and we'll be back very very shortly.
1: aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more.
2: Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk
1: Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb Digital Portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy to use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure that Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com.
2: Introducing Autism Aspirational Futures, a virtual SEN conference for parents and carers. Do you work with parents or carers of students with autism? If so, this free virtual conference from Witherslack Group can support them and you. Providing inspiring talks from leading experts offering practical advice on supporting children and young people with autism and associated needs. This very special event will take place during Autism Acceptance Week and is sure to be an enjoyable occasion for everyone wanting to develop their knowledge, understanding and celebrate their children's amazing superpowers. Don't miss out. Register for free at witherslackgroup.co.uk today. Witherslack Group, the leading provider of schools and children's homes for children with special educational needs.
0: We are back, um, and just before just before we shut off there, I asked quite a, a difficult question that I hadn't actually prepared Nita for. There, so I thought <laughs> I'd give her a second to to gather her thoughts. Um, it's something that's just occurred to me, like in in, in recent days, actually. Um, yes, yeah, should we be teaching uh, climate change adaptation or mitigation? Or both, you know, let's, you know, let's not go extreme on this.
5: Yeah. And I think the, I think the overwhelming, you know, response here would, would be that we need both um, climate adaptation and mitigation. Um, What, what I would challenge though, in, in our thinking here about, you know, whether we should uh, focus on climate adaptation or climate mitigation is to really think through the questions that we are asking because these questions will determine our behavior and our response to it and let me give you an example of a lesson plan that uh, we were working on and it had to do with um, lithium mine- mining in Chile mm-hmm. and and the question that you know we first started off with was you know how do we electric electrify vehicles more sustainably? because it's obviously hurting some communities. And that wasn't the right question, right? That was not the right question. It's not about electrifying vehicles more sustainably, but it's about how do we improve public transportation so that more people can get from point A to point B comfortably, conveniently, and affordably. And so instead of thinking about, you know, climate adaptation, climate mitigation, yes, we have to do both at this point, (laughs) Um, but let's really revisit the questions that we are asking and what we are willing to accept as assumptions, as biases, and really re-question everything from the beginning and, and really select carefully the lessons that we're learning right now like the you know there are a lot of lessons we can learn from our our fossil fuel period and now we're going into this mineral period and Mm -hmm. and my concern is that our thinking you know is is it's still the same it's it's a very similar mindset of like how do we take from the earth and live how we want to live right yeah and 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 I worry that I worry that we're not learning the right lesson here.
0: Yeah, it is far too often that how do we do this sustainably? It's like, well, not doing exactly. it is the most sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how do we mine lithium sustainably? Here's a clue. I'm not <laughs> mining it in the first place. You know, is, those, they're those kind of ideas and you know, and it's it's one of those big things that I know a lot of people do and um, you know when you're, you're taking your first steps to becoming more sustainable you know you have all the, these these grand ideals um, and, and I know that some people have been like right well you know I'm going to use I'm not going to use plastic anymore you know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and cut down on my plastic so what they do is they go into their drawer where they've got all their plastic sandwich bags they take them out and they throw them in the recycling and they go and buy loads of beeswax bags yes. and it's like well it's a night beeswax bags. Great. They are less than, than plastic, but what you've just done is waste all of that plastic, you know, fair enough. As things run out, maybe replace them with this, that, or the other, you know, with, um, now I've, I've got a bamboo toothbrush now, you know, I'm not showing off here or anything, Um, (laughs) but honestly, you know, it's, it's almost the these small acts are, are almost gimmicks as it were for somebody to go out there and go, Right, I'm not gonna use my old plastic toothbrush, but what I am gonna do is I'm gonna use a bamboo toothbrush saving the planet. You know, mm. and it's that kind of it's a bit of a a bit like with recycling as well. You know, what what do you do to help the planet? Well, I recycle. Like, you know, they've got their halo above their head in that moment. And it, I'm not saying recycling is a bad thing. I think everybody should recycle. And it's a great mm-hmm. place to kind of start with your like uh, raising awareness within yourself. But there, you know, there are many more things that, that we need to do. Like instead of recycling, don't buy the plastic in the first place, you know, mm-hmm. you know, leave that oil where it is and don't create it.
5: Yeah. And, and I, I struggle with this too in, in how we create content because like I don't want to push this burden of fixing the climate crisis on the on the individuals, right, right. And so it's like the companies that are producing this. Why is it so hard for me to go to to like a, a store and try to buy a sponge to clean <laughs> to clean my my kitchen? And, and like I'm I'm standing in the aisle and I'm stressed because I don't know what I'm supposed to buy, and I don't think that's I don't think that's the right way to think about it and 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 so i don't want to shift the the burden um, because i really do think the root is getting at to getting at um the systemic changes right that we need um but i would say that if if there is one thing that you know we can all do is just in every aspect of our lives like consume just less just consume consume less and like
0: and don't um, waste.
5: Yeah, and don't waste and really just like think carefully before you buy if you really need it or not. And it's not and it's not to say like you need to buy the right thing, it's just more like, do you really need to buy it at all? And you know, sometimes that answer is yes, or like you know, it's it's something that brings you just immense joy, so so go for it. But um, you know, it's just just really thinking about not the pursuit of, of comfort and, and convenience, but really like, is it, is this really happiness for me? You know, is this really joy and pleasantness for me?
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, one of the, the prime examples of that is is when it comes to clothes, but like, I know that a lot of people love clothes and like, I've seen a huge change in my wife Now she absolutely adored, you know, fashion and clothes and this that, and the other. And she would, you know, go shopping and, and mm-hmm. buy things um, because she liked it. But now, you know, she's she's taken a, a, a big step back and now she goes, you know, thrifting or she'll mm-hmm. get it from, um, you know, from, from an app from somebody around the area so she can go and collect it and stuff like that. So, yeah, when it comes to, to clothes, it, it's a tough one because, you know, people love fashion I, I obviously don't um you know, <laughs> you know I, i'm not one of those people um and and i can comfortably live in the clothes i've had for the last 15 years um and just get by um but yeah that's for me is is kind of one of the the real starting points you know do i really need it you know mm-hmm. is it something i absolutely need and that can kind of spread out to everything else as well now i I do my shopping here in the village. I I go to the the local greengrocer. Um, I don't know if you call it that in in American, um, where you buy your vegetables. Yeah. Probably call it like a, a, a vegetable market. store. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, so I go there to to get my veg, not only because it's it's grown locally, which is great,
5: mm. um,
0: but also because they don't put everything in plastic.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And the other day I went into the supermarket because. I was making a delightful broccoli bake. Um, love broccoli, uh, and the the gro- the green closed, and I got in there, and all of the broccoli was wrapped in plastic.
5: Yeah.
0: And I was just there with this like conundrum because I'd planned to make a broccoli bake. So in my head, I was eating broccoli bake for dinner. <laughs> I, all I wanted was broccoli bake, and I was standing there, and I could see the broccoli, and I was like, I can see it.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: and i could easily buy it mm-hmm. and if i don't buy it well somebody else will buy it and if i don't buy it and nobody else buys it well it will just go to landfill anyway so what do i do in the end <laughs> i made a cauliflower bake it was okay you know i, mm-hmm. I pivoted you know I, mm-hmm. I took a moment there so yeah i think these this idea of, of you know not over consuming and really thinking about whether we need it is on an individual level it is really important but also as an educator to take that into the classroom you know yeah at the, at the end of every year i what i do with my students now is i say what have you got that you can use next year
5: yeah yeah and you know teachers are doing a lot to to try to bring it into the classroom i saw a TikTok video yesterday about a teacher who wore the same dress every single day and didn't say anything to her students about it Um, and then when they finally asked she you know she said she wanted to show them that they didn't need you know so you know they didn't need to shop or or spend their money on um, new outfits all the time and that it was perfectly okay to wear the same things over and over again and and one thing that I've really picked up is repairing my clothes so even if they get torn or ripped and I even have like some some people, like, stop me on the street. They're like, do you know there's, like, a hole there on your shirt? I'm like, I do know, but I can still wear it. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, um, you know, I think teachers are doing a lot to, to try to bring that into the classroom.
0: I'm, I'm really, like, proud of my, of my daughter with that because, you know, she'll get a rip in her trousers and she's like, we can fix it. So that's cool. Great. Um I'm a I'm a I'm a huge fan of Ursula de Castro from you know, she, she started Fashion Revolution. she's got a brilliant book, Loved Clothes Last. And that's like what's inspired me. And you know, I've got jeans that I've repaired. I would show you, but I I've put a new zip fly <laughs> it's on okay, my jeans. Harry. I'm not sure it's appropriate. I believe but, you, you know, for this time of day, but I put a new fly on my jeans. Um, you know, I sewed a hat which was broken. Um, you know, these are all skills that we we don't really learn them in school anymore i know not anymore i i had home economics as a a kid
5: yeah
0: uh, and i learned some some basic sewing but you know i'd forgotten most of that by by the time my my zip broke or my zipper as as you might call it (laughs) um yeah so these ideas and yet it is filtering down to to other people um now we've, we've not got long left um I do want to know so subject to climate it's pretty new let's be honest it's um it's it's a fresh face on the on the education scene um a, a beautiful fresh face by the way subject to climate is wonderful um but where next what next for subject to climate
5: yes this is this is a great question because we are just getting started so so it's exciting because we're just getting started and I I feel really proud of what we've we've already accomplished and so what you'll see as you visit you know subject to climate more often is that we're we're really working to elevate our inspire section of our lesson plans, so all of our lesson plans follow uh, three chunks, three steps, and it's inquire, mm-hmm. investigate, inspire. And you know, to some extent, we've been struggling with this inspire section to make it more engaging, to make it um, really more climate action. And the next step that that I'm working on right now, we're working on right now, is to create. Um, a group of subject matter experts in the field of climate advocacy, you know, people who are out there taking action right now. And these subject matter experts will will serve as consultants to our teachers. So our teachers, our content creators will have access to people who are taking action, who have direct insight into you know climate solution climate problems and so what you'll see is this um, elevation in our lesson plans and the the other thing that i'm really excited about and it's very like you know we're just talking about it now so we're not taking you know a, immediate action but the what i would like to the direction that i would like to go uh, forward is to think about how we can involve students more on our platform. And, and, you know, I went to this um, discussion with some school leaders, and they were they were asking, like, is there a student forum where students, you know, can connect with each other, like high school students can connect and share uh, what they're doing and their knowledge. And there's really nothing out there that's like they they couldn't come up with anything and I did some research and I couldn't really come up with anything um so I I would really like to you know uh turn our attention a little bit more to um, connecting students as well as um connecting teachers
0: because yeah at the moment for for students and and young people the, the way they can connect it's it's in a more of a passive way it's all you know yeah. it's it's look it's seeing what people are doing on instagram it's seeing what people are doing on tiktok you know they can see these things that people are doing but you know can they actually like connect it takes it, there are so many steps between a connection you know on instagram for example you see a great video of somebody out there doing something you make a comment on it that comment might just be completely lost you know there's, there's no they, that comment they might it might respond from that comment it might then go to a dm you might have a chat it might grow into something bigger but the likelihood of that it, you know it's 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 finding a needle in a haystack you know it's a mm-hmm. one in a million chance that that will happen um unless yeah. you're out there actively seeking people and you know going into them and saying i want to do this i want to do this having that space that that forum to share ideas and particularly if you know, if they've had this this lesson, you know, if they've mm-hmm. all done this lesson. So let's say somebody in New Jersey's done the lesson, also someone in Wisconsin's done the lesson, but then also you've got somebody in an international school in Spain, someone in mm-hmm. in the UK, someone in Australia. You'll have all of these different ideas and these different opinions, um, and the different ways the kind of lesson has developed, and and the the action that's coming from it, the, the action mm-hmm. that's coming out of it, and the, the agency that's coming on from it it's such a wonderful opportunity for them to connect with people across the world and you know see how it's affecting them so you mentioned about the the fires in california you know look at australia okay. as well there are the there are these parallels you know between california mm-hmm. and australia that if there was that space for people to connect it would be incredible
5: yeah and, and i think that's a really great point harry like i think climate change, you know, really shows us how interconnected we really are. And, and sometimes we think we're strangers, right? But uh, in so many ways, we, we, we are not. And, and what subject to climate hopes to do is to facilitate these, these um, crucial small conversations so that we are thinking through and acting through at the speed that we're that we need to because it is an emergency and it is urgent and really we need to act now
0: it is something that that is you know a great point that I I look at you know throughout my life like you know I'm 38 years old now yeah I know I don't look a day over 37 and (laughs) and a half it's fine it's fine um I'm 38 years old now and, and I look back at my life through through education you know when I was mm-hmm. uh, I think about seven there was a there was a campaign at my school to collect aluminum cans see so what mm. I did I didn't say aluminium um,
5: <laughs> great job <laughs>
0: to, to collect aluminum cans so so they could be recycled it was it was like there was a t- kid's tv show called blue peter and that was like a big blue peter appeal that we would collect cans you know That was when kind of recycling came into my mindset. I remember back then it was called the greenhouse effect. Mm, And then slowly it changed to global warming, Mm
5: -hmm.
0: which was like, okay, so the earth's getting hotter. That's still not great. And then it was around the kind of bush era that it turned to climate change, which Mm -hmm. is just so much softer. You have know, got global warming and it's like, oh, that doesn't sound good. Surely we don't <laughs> want to be getting warmer. Yeah. Warm is bad. You know, warm melts ice and we need the ice to stay there. Um, but yeah, it changed the climate change, which to me, it doesn't actually sound that awful. You know, for me, climate change, that'd be great. It, here it gets to 50 degrees in the summer. I'd love for that climate to change. <laughs> if it could go down a bit, if it could drop to, you know, the high 30s or, or you know, 100 degrees Fahrenheit, if I'm going to translate it into imperial um you know i'd I'd love that but no it, it went from global warming to climate change and i think only now um in in very like very very recent history you know literally the last year or two it's become the climate crisis or the climate emergency and i know it sounds like a very english teacher thing to say but semantics are so important you know just calling it climate change is something that Ah, uh, it's climate change, climate crisis climate emergency. These are things that people need to know. It really is an emergency. Mm-hmm. We really need to be making huge changes to everything right now. And you know, we're educating our our kids and so on and so forth. They're not when they're decision makers in 15, 20, 30 years, it's too late. You know, these people who are educated, these people who are aware, these people who are empowered. Who can go out there they can change their buying patterns they can change their investing patterns but they can't make the big decisions they can protest they can you know go to the street they can influence big decisions um so yeah i think this this change it needs to come within everybody to be honest
5: Mm. yeah yeah and I, i really couldn't agree with you more harry and um i i You know I can't stress enough uh, to to my you know my colleagues and the teachers that I work with and the students just you know the the balance that we constantly have to have to play in our minds of just like oh my goodness this is an emergency this is a crisis we have to we have to act urgently with like hey yes we do but we also have to think carefully as we move urgently right and it's a very very um tricky balance
0: it really is it really is you know you can't you don't want kids you know staying awake at night having nightmares about the climate emergency obviously that's you know um i think there are you know i've i, I always get the climate into my classes um like without fail every single class there is a mention of the climate crisis now this is you know i've got a class of six year olds I've got teen classes, I've got adult classes as well. No matter what we're doing, no matter what we're studying, it always has, you know, a climate focus on it. Obviously, Renewable English is always a climate focus on it. That's literally what it is. Um, and yet there are times when, you know, I like to get the class riled. I like to get them mm. angry with things. You know, there are times, yeah. there, there's a time and a place for students to be like, you know what, I am angry about that because that isn't right. But not every class you know you don't want your students leaving every class you know baying for blood at the the, the oil companies you know if they got it you know yeah. it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world but um <laughs> you know so it is that kind of balance of you know the you do need the positive in there yes. as well it yes. can't and all just be the negative
5: negative. and i find you know integrating humor is a really great way to to temper the anger, but not not invalidate it, or not say that it's a negative emotion or anything like that. It's it's you know it it it's taking something that is extremely serious, but also you know understanding that we can um, we can put a little little joy and a little humor into into our very very serious work.
0: Exactly. Um, on that note, I'm going to slowly draw things to a close. Um, I'll let you get to work because your day is <laughs> the beginning. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> what, a, what a start to the day. Um, yeah, sorry, hold my calls. I'm going I'm to be talking to Harry for a while. So yeah, now you get to jump into your day. Don't worry, I've still got a few things I need to tie off um, here. So you know, it is approaching half past six here in Spain. Um, half past five for our listeners in the UK. Um, so yeah, I'd like to say a huge thank you, Nita, for coming along. Um, mm-hmm. It's been lovely to, to to get to know you a little more, um, to connect with you. And in fact, at the moment you're sitting perfectly. You have an almost saintly glow above your head there, <laughs> so um, you've placed yourself perfectly yeah. for the morning sun there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, please do have a wonderful day, um, and do stay in touch and. I urge everybody, I will put the link in the the description as well, go to subjecttoclimate.org, find them on all of the social medias, every single one, um, just in case you missed something, uh, and do check them out there. Thank you so much for joining us, it's been an absolute pleasure.
5: Yes, thank you so much for having me. I really, really enjoyed my time here. And thank you so much to all the teachers and educators and listeners and anyone involved in in the climate crisis. Really so much gratitude and and warmth I send to, to everyone.
0: Brilliant. Thank you so much. So um, that's all from us today. I will be back next week. Um, and of course, stick around because in not very long about half an hour we've got Nathan Ginn who's going to be on um, my my fellow Wednesday Wombat Um, he's going to love that I called him that it's been brilliant having you all here today thank you so much everybody Um, I'll see you next week take it easy stay green
1: you've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio